And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsign with you. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, we had a uh, interesting, informative, different podcast than probably many people were expecting last week. I, I saw nothing but positive reviews for it. Did it same for you? That was my experience, and and even if we had not, I'm very yeah. proud that we had that conversation. I think it was important. Yeah, we spoke with Dr. Nicole Kraft of the Ohio State University, sports and society uh, professor, journalism professor. It was really informative. Uh, of course, this is a big time uh, in the sports world. It's a big time in the world, and the sports is not uh, exempted from that. What have you seen, and, and this isn't going to be the entire show, we're going to get to back to the Blue Jackets, we're going to get to, to hockey, but just to touch back on that real briefly, what have we seen in the last week or so since that show um, that invigorates you or that causes concern? Um, you know, I think that the thing that will stick with me for sure is that Western Conference availability um, last yeah. Thursday. Um, I thought that it was super powerful, and particularly when the when the wide shot came out later that was even bigger than what we saw on the Zoom availability, that literally almost every player that's still in the bubble in the West uh, attended right. that availability and stood behind um, the players of color who spoke. Um, and then I think that what the, the most important thing I heard from that was even um, when Belmar said at the end, he was asked a question, I can't remember what, but he was asked a question, and he said... Um, that you could put any player that was in that room in front of the mic and they would answer, they would speak the same statements, they, they were believing the same things. So I think 
that that was great hope. Now I also saw not great hope in people then immediately switching to questions of, well, can you get over this distraction of social injustice to, <laughs> to play hockey? Yeah. I think we can right. be better than that. Um, these are real life issues um, for sure. Um, but this is a process. And, and as long as it's a step forward, whether it's an inch or a mile, I, I applaud it. Yeah. And it seems to me like, like the step that they took was certainly attention getting, meant to be attention getting, meant to cause people to hit the brakes and sort of reconsider things. Um, I, I loved what this is in the NHL, but what Doc Rivers had to say, mm. that, that, that kind of, mm-hmm. that was an absolutely incredible. Um, and, and it's, it's never clean. It's never messy. It's not going to be messy. It's meant to, to honestly, it's meant to piss some people off, to grab attention, to, to, to ruffle things up a little bit. Good trouble. As it's as it's so often been said, I my my concern, or not a concern. Who am I? But my wonder with all of this is is does it reach? Who does it reach that isn't already reached? Maybe it opens some eyes from people that are that are willing to to listen and reconsider. But the people who are so hardened uh, to feeling the way that they do, I'm not sure that it cracks through that shell. Maybe that maybe that just can't be. Maybe that can't be achieved anyways. The other thing that that really causes me um, concern and and I wonder if it can't be if it couldn't be a cause throughout these leagues is the number of NBA players. I don't mean to single them out, but they started this most recent um, pushback, this this most recent strike of sports. The Milwaukee Bucks did is how few of them are registered to vote. And I wonder if the NHL quickly your thoughts on this, Allison, if the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball could make a big deal about voting, being registered to vote, how to vote as a public service message, certainly not endorsing one candidate over another, but endorsing people being uh, civic-minded, being politically engaged, and voting. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I mean, listen. We know that's an issue even before um, any of this social unrest. It's been an issue for decades, quite frankly, as voter turnout. And you know, to your point earlier of, of cracking through through maybe some tougher shells, maybe maybe this is what strengthens people who are listening to start up those more difficult conversations with people who haven't been listening. Um, and, and the same tenant holds true for, for voting is that maybe this is what galvanizes you to vote for what you believe, whatever that is. That's important. That's, that is the fundamental foundation of, of what we were founded on. And I think that's key. Um, and while, while the Bucks started the, the most recent strike, I do want to give a, a quick shout out to the WNBA, um, a league that has been at the forefront of this fight, um, for a long, long time and been most active and arguably has even more to lose. So, so shout out to those women who have, who have been fighting for this attention to these stories for, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the league is continuing to, to uh, play in the bubbles with great success. They still have not had a positive test since being in the bubble. That is incredible. 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 It is. It's almost to the point where you're almost suspicious of it. Like, How can that be possible in today's in today's world. Um, but, but here they are, they're chugging along. It looks like they're going to pull it off, Allison. Um, and, and, but as you talk to people around this league, there's a great asterisk next to the December hope of a start date for next season. 
uh, and they're not really sure. They're not sure if that's possible, period, and they're not sure if that's possible with fans in the stands. Um, COVID continues to to wreak an incredible havoc uh, on this world, on this country. Um, sad news, and I don't mean to, to be trite because it's not for the people who work there who have great experiences there. There have been some legendary establishments across this league uh, that have closed. It was announced today that the Fours in Boston has been there for 44 years, named after Bobby Orr, number four, uh, and Boston is closing. That's one of those places that for people in Boston, it's just hard to even imagine Boston Garden uh, without the Fours there. Um, that's closed. Foley's in New York has closed. Um, a, a legendary baseball bar. Hadn't been that that long, but so much is going to change on the other side of this. Hopefully these, these, uh, the people who work there have not lost their, their life savings. Hopefully the people who work there can move on. This goes for everybody. There are local establishments here in Columbus. What's the place in Grandview, Allison, the legendary place that, that just announced it's not going to reopen? Uh, shoot. He's right on the me. strip. Yeah. Oh, no, Spaggio. 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 Yes. Yep. I mean, what Columbus without Spaggio for a lot of people is hard to imagine. So, it, it you know they're getting hockey in, and that's that's good. But but boy, there's still a lot, a lot being messed up by this, and and we'll see where it where it goes uh, from here. The bubbles are safe though. Um, the Blue Jackets are in, in their off season mode now, uh, working on evaluating where they're at, where they want to go. And with that in mind, we want to get into uh, sort of three different elements that were presented uh, on the on the athletic website here in the last few days. Um, Corey Promen, of course, the the prospects writer for the the athletic NHL, um, probably has as, as a, um, a good a read as anybody on the young players coming up in this sport. Um, and last year, I know there <laughs> There were a lot of people um, who follow the Blue Jackets and who work for the Blue Jackets who were a little put off by the fact that the Blue Jackets, Allison, were 25th in the uh, in Promen's organizational uh, evaluation. Now, that's players under the age of 22. This year, we can announce the Blue Jackets are on their way up, uh, ranked number 21. What did you make of Corey Promen's review? Any surprises therein, Allison Lucan? Well, they're ranked 19th. <laughs> oh, 19. Did I say 21? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even I undersold them. They're, up to, they're 19. Good Lord. Um, Sorry, Corey. <laughs> so um, I will be honest and say I was surprised. Um, I did yeah. not expect them to be that high. Um, so I will now incur the wrath of all those people you mentioned already. What um, is she talking about? Exactly. I, I, think, I think we have to be careful here. I think we have to be careful because... While there's some talent, um, the key talent, a lot of the key talent that's on this list is already in the NHL. And so yeah. when we talk about um, longevity of a pipeline and depth of a pipeline, and Corey outlines this, you know, the, the, we all know the organization took a hit with the, the picks that it traded away for last year's sure. um, push. But, you know, this is this is for an organization that loves to grow from within and, and arguably has to really rely on that for a big part of their talent. Um, I think it's going to be kind of an up and down next couple of years for this organization, um, given where they are in, in terms of what they have in, in, in the babies coming up. And even some of these, I mean, we don't know if, if all of these players will, will come over from Europe uh, when they are quote unquote able to. So 
Right. Even having the talent, um, there's still a question of if the Blue Jackets will ever see the talent. So um, yep. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see where Corey put them, but um, I'm still a little more cautious than the ranking might suggest. Yeah. And so to let people know, being 22 by September 15 is the cutoff date, which means that Pierre-Luc Dubois still qualifies. Right, exactly. That's a pretty good piece. Pretty good piece to have guys played a lot of NHL games already. Um, he's got Kirill Marchenko, number two, and seems to be liking him more and more the more yes. he looks at him. Now, this is a player that's going to be, as it stands right now, with the Blue Jackets in 22-23. He's got two more years in Russia. But he is a big dude, kind of like he still hasn't filled out, but wicked high skill on this guy. Um, that's a really good sign because I think Marchenko – for a while was was hailed as an incredibly skilled player, but it sure feels like his game has rounded out. And you, you talk to scouts around the league about him, and, and if they were only mildly aware of him a couple of years ago, they are keenly aware of him now. Um, so the, the other guy, of course, that, that is kind of a mystery to people here, you've seen the other guys on the list, uh, Texier, Foodie, Bemstrom, another guy, Voronkov. Uh, is a guy, Dmitry Voronkov, is a, is a uh, Russian player who I believe is going to come by the year after um, Marchenko does. And he is a, he has been described as a Boone Jenner, um, Boone Jenner with skill. Now, that sounds like a shot at Boone Jenner, but <laughs> an incredibly hardworking guy who also has hands and, and can score. So kind of a plus third liner. Um, and Tarasov, it's a, it's fascinating to me that this team that has burned by been burned by its share of Russians um, through the years in terms of Russian prospects, without question, I think their top three prospects right now are all Russian: Marchenkov, Voronkov, Tarasov. Correct. Um, and that's interesting to me. Tarasov is supposed to be a wildly talented goaltender. Um, your thoughts on those guys and just sort of the mystery. I, I'm not saying mystery because they're Russian. So it's almost a cliche at this point, uh, the enigmatic Russian before you even meet him. Um, it's a mystery because you don't know how those games are going to transfer to Columbus. And you're not sure, to your point earlier, when they're going to come over. But what are your thoughts on those three players and, and just sort of, I don't know. There's a, there's a bright horizon with those guys one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And, and it, again, it is, this is, you know, we even saw this with Gavrikov that the player does not necessarily always come over when the organization wants the player to come over. Um, right. I think that Tarasov is, is probably the most um, likely to come over on the time frame they expect because they've been moving him around Europe to, to grow his experience. We've talked a long time about how strong this goaltending pipeline is. I will caution people who maybe are dipping their feet now into knowing these players better. There is another Daniil Tarasov who is a hockey player um, who is a center. So sometimes you mention this name and people think you're talking about that player, but so it's make sure that they know it's the goaltender. Um, but yeah, I think that kid has a huge future. Um, but again, you know, even if you look at, and as you just described Voronkov, we have to to couch this that we're still looking for those game breaker talents um, yeah. that that we discussed last week that this organization really needs. But but you can't have too many good players, even if they're middle six guys. So yeah, and and can you wait on Marchenko? I mean, you don't have any choice. 
<laughs> well, you do. I mean, you could cash him in. You could trade him. Yeah, true. He, his name's popping up. I, you know, I, I think you have to be really careful there because of how relatively bare the cupboards are. It, it'd have to yeah. be a really, and you'd have to, to, to the points you've made in earlier shows, you'd have to be really busting that win now window open um, to arguably make it worth it. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin safe technology which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Both super practical, and they smell great too. For a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Um, we went through the Blue Jackets roster and looked at... Um, so it's, it's it's looking at the roster. It's also talking to people around the league. It's also getting a lay of the land of what these guys' contracts are, where the Blue Jackets are, what their needs are, and sort of built them out um, in terms of the potential or the possibility of them being traded um and it's hard in these stories to use words like likely because it's really rare where where you can say that that trade is likely to be done uh, before the offseason even gets here but that's the word we used for the josh anderson situation because that's where it it, it looks like it's going and it has looked like it for quite a while now actually um, there's a couple other guys in there. Um, I would urge you to look at it. The Blue Jackets trade tiers posted earlier today, um, who are, are not, I wouldn't say likely, but they're on the radar for possibilities. Were there any names in there, Allison, that surprised you that made you go, really? I don't see it that way. Well, you know, I mean, listen, I'm going to stay on the don't trade Josh Anderson bandwagon until he's actually traded. I've made that stance clear. Um, I think that the Cam Anderson, Cam Anderson, Cam Atkinson um, inclusion, um, it makes sense given the situation for the organization and and just when you have a player that's that's talented like that that can potentially be a difference maker, it's possible. But I think that's that's a little eyebrow raising. Um, we went through a lot of these pieces before and just the likelihood that that they're an appealing piece. So not many other surprises for me, but I think you know. Those Cam was definitely an eyebrow raiser for me. Yeah. Um, I think we may have touched on this a little bit a couple of, of shows ago. But I think you have to be really careful. I think you have to be willing, but you have to be really careful, too, in trading a player like David Savard or a Boone Jenner. And you, Allison, have training in leadership. Those guys are leaders in their own way. I don't care how much they say or don't say in the room. Um there's a risk here in the Blue Jackets adding skill because when they add skill, you worry about them losing something else, right? Like nobody's bitched about this team's energy or effort level last year, this most recent season. Before that, they did, right? There, That was whenever they lost, it was they don't care. They didn't give this. They didn't do that, especially the year 
the 18-19 season. How tough of a juggle is that to add skill without losing who you are, without losing the work ethic? Well, I mean, and I certainly, I mean, I think we, we get little glimpses, um, even from what play other players say at, at terms of how significant um, David Savard is. I would, I would suggest more to the morale um, of the group. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, listen, this team needs more skill. This team cannot have to play the way they had to play this year for years and years to come. I get it, but they need to evolve on the the brawn versus skill spectrum. And arguably, if you can't direct or lead that group through that evolution, um, I think that speaks to other issues. I think that, you know, this is a group now that has a very strong culture. The 18-19 year had so much drama swirling around it that we kind of have to to put that that little asterisk on the, the questions that were being asked. But, you know, I, when I think about players like Seth Jones in the room, I even think about a player like Zach Wierenski who really seems to be coming into his own. Um, I think there are, there are any player, any good player, any significant player leaving takes a piece of the team with him. But I think those are necessary sacrifices um, because they need, they need the skill period. They need it. Yeah. Would it be hard though to watch the look at the Blue Jackets forwards and not have Boone Jenner's name in there somewhere? He just feels like he's been such a. You keep doing this. He, he's not the steak on the plate, but he's the potatoes on the plate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they need skill. I keep, I, they need skill. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. Um, so I'll, I'll go through it here real quick. We've got jo- Josh Anderson is listed. Under likely, because it does feel likely. Uh, other guys on the radar, Brandon Dubinsky. Now, that that's like, yeah, right, they can unload that contract. Well, they can, and this league has shown it through the years that sometimes teams pay to unload a contract like that, and some teams, uh, Toronto, wants a contract like that because they can puff up their room under LTIR so that when they start the season, it's not so tight for them. It's confusing, but it works in a lot of different ways like that. Ryan Murray is a guy, and we've heard – that there is interest in him now, that maybe there are teams that think they can fix him where the Blue Jackets have not been able to, certainly when the kid's healthy and he plays. Holy smokes, can he play? Uh, So Murray and Brandon Dubinsky are both under on the radar. In other words, you should not be surprised if these guys get moved this summer. David Savard is there as well. Marcus Nudevara is there. Um, Certainly Nudevara doesn't bring you the return of a Savard, Probably doesn't bring you the return of a Murray, um, but but if you're you know the Blue Jackets have got to create space on the back end. Um, if they can't, if they don't want to trade Savard, if they can't move Murray, maybe it comes to that for Nudavara. The thing with Murray, Murray seems to me, and Allison, I'm sure you'll you may agree. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this seems like a trade with one year left and 4.6 million remaining. This seems like a trade where if you're the Blue Jackets, you're either willing to keep some of that money, pay some of that money, or you're trading him with a conditional. In other words, it's a second-round pick you get, or it's this player, and if he plays X number of games, it's also a pick. A conditional trade just to protect yourself 
um, in the if you're the team acquiring Ryan Murray. And we've got both goaltenders, uh, Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens listed. Um, I certainly wasn't going to list one over the other. Corposalo makes significant 70% of what Merzlikens makes, 2.8 to 4.0. Um, but I think the Blue Jackets should be prepared and probably are prepared if they get the right offer to move one of them. That, of course, would require a follow-up trade uh, to get a backup goaltender who's ready to go. Um, and we, we put uh, not off limits is Cam Atkinson. His no-move clause moves to a modified no-trade clause this year. He's got 10 teams. He's, he gives the Blue Jackets a list of 10 teams that he would be willing to go to, and that begins uh, this offseason. Boone Jenner, same thing. Not a guy you want to give up, but a guy that you may need to give up as part of a package to get a skilled player. And then we mentioned the two prospects we, we spoke about earlier, um, Marchenko, Tarasov. Those are two guys that are will come up in conversation frequently with the Blue Jackets, from what we understand. And the, uh, I, you know, these guys are more than just sweeteners to trades. These are big-time prospects that the Blue Jackets are banking on. But I don't think giving up one of those would would be off limits if the Blue Jackets had the right deal uh, for a player that they felt could truly make a a difference right now. And we also have Wenberg in there. Uh, Wenberg, it seems, again, there's, you know, where does the line form for a third line (laughs) center making almost $5 million a year? Uh, It's not a long line if there is a line at all. Um, but there could be a team out there. I don't think it's crazy to think that there's a team that thinks maybe this guy and Tortorella just don't mesh. Maybe this guy needs a change of scenery. Maybe the Blue Jackets eat a portion of the, his contract, and at minimum you're getting a great defensive player and a hell of a penalty killer. Um, what stands out in any of those comments as either being uh, very prescient and interesting or outright, ridic- outright ridiculous? Well, that was a lot of comments. I, <laughs> um, Let me get a drink of water now. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I, there's not really much to add. I think that at this point, I mean, at this point, like you said, we know almost every piece is on the table. Um, for me personally, the goaltender that you move is Corpusalo, um, in terms of those two. Um, and, and, my my focus is now shifting to what are the pieces that are available to you and is the price fair? Um, and that will dictate all of those other decisions that, that you outlined in terms of do you eat some? Is there a conditional trade? All, all Everything you said, I agree with. But, but you know, we, this is the time now when we start to see the really ridiculous trades where people think you're going to get like William Nylander for Ryan Murray or something, which just isn't right. going to happen. And right. And no. yeah, all these pieces are on the table, but what realistically is available for purchase? And and this is an organization that just cannot overspend um, and really has to make sure they get the right pieces coming back. Yeah. And I keep coming back to this with in, with respect to the goaltenders, Merzlikens and Corposalo. It's easy to say, and, and I've, I've quoted uh, Yarmo saying as much, that they don't have to do anything. Right. There's nothing that says they have to do it right now. So you wait for the best offer. And then the other part of me says, you know what, if you do this next summer, they have one year before the UFAs. Right. I'm sorry, that hurts the trade. It hurts the trade return. It absolutely does. Like the team that's acquiring them needs to know that they're going to have them more than a year. I, I, So there are times where I go, okay, 
that's what the place the you read the play and right now the play says that they would trade them but they don't necessarily have to trade them and there's a ton of goalies flushing the market this year maybe more than ever okay so maybe it doesn't go that way and then you then you look at it another way and you're like you strip away all the stuff you've been told or you've heard from people who may or may not have a stake in trading them and you're like well of course they're going to trade them now like why would you wait so there's one year left before the UFA when the, the the team acquiring them is like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to give you all that for a guy I might just have for a year. So I, I'm, I guess, I guess if I had it to do over again, I might have Corpus Allo and Merzlikens a little bit higher on under the on, on the radar column. But check that out. It's on the athletic.com post earlier today. And last week before we parted, well, we had a, an interesting story about John Tortorella and his rap sheet. <laughs> um, the 15 times he's been fined or suspended. It's been going on since 1995. Allison, it's over $200,000 most likely that he's been dinged. That's a lot of dog food. That's a lot of hay too, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, that We also had a grade card up there um, evaluating all of the Blue Jackets who played a significant role this season. Anything on there that you would like to take issue with? Yes. Where was I wrong? Really? Yes. I what? disagree. Oh no! Oh no! With okay, and and again, listen. I feel like I'm the, and I'm not saying between just you and me, but a lot of times I feel like I'm the only one on this bandwagon. I give Josh Anderson an incomplete. I don't think you can grade him on this season. Uh, that's interesting. I, I think you can. I think 26 games you can grade him on the 26 games, right? But not we. We know from before he even hit the ice for training camp that that shoulder wasn't 100%. We know that. Yeah. And I I personally, my current, in the irrelevant world that we're speaking of, hill to die on, is that that should be an incomplete. Wow, interesting. Now, I had a whole list of players with incompletes because <laughs> they didn't play enough games. But I never thought of giving him one. I thought his 26 games weren't great. No, they weren't. W- weren't good. No. Weren't good. But you're right. I mean, you probably shouldn't factor the injury into it. If you do that, you got to do it for others as well. Um, yeah, I, I just think it was an awful season. He went like, it was something like, I don't know, it went 26 games with one goal, yes, but his shots on goal were like way down. He just wasn't the same player this year, even before he got injured. But he came to camp injured. Yeah, he did. But then he said something about it being a different shoulder. Remember that? I do. And but nonetheless, it's I, all just I so it's it's all just so bizarre. That's I can live with that. Okay, but yeah, it's but the situation may be bizarre, but again, I feel like I also might you gave Marcus Nudavara a worse grade than Scott Harrington. Let's discuss that. <laughs> um now, Marcus Nudovar well, certainly was you know, not at expectations, no question, but worse than Scott Harrington? Well, so here's the thing, and I think teachers have always done this. If you expect more <laughs> from somebody, go. no, no, you grade them more You grade them more harshly. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I totally do. Um, and I think Nudovar, I think Harrington was Harrington. Fair. And I think I think Nudovar fell from where he was, and I think he can do more. Okay. That's... That's what I would say. Maybe that should have been articulated too. I didn't expect Harrington to come. I didn't expect Harrington to come up here. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I thought Nudavara took 
a solid step backward. Oh, this for year, sure. Whereas for sure. I thought Harrington was just Harrington. Uh, Josh had 14 shots on goal in 26 games. Okay. Yeah. Brutal. I, I'm not changing my. I also. Wait. I, I also. Fail, fail, fail. What? what? He had 63. I was reading oh. the wrong line. 63 in 26 <laughs> games. That's actually pretty good. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, is it? Interesting. Um, I also might. A C for Ryan Murray feels a little harsh. Does it? A little bit. A little bit. Hmm. I, I thought I would take more heat up at the top. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling. With, I'm looking. Oh, okay. I, I was expecting to take a little bit of heat with um, Seth Jones being... What did I give Seth an Jones? An A. You gave him an A. Yeah, see, now that's that's charitable at the end because I thought he... That's factoring the playoffs in there. I, he was a B or a C at times during the season, which was... Which was a little rough, but again, I think this is like what is the player capable of? Well, and I think and he too, wasn't great. No, Go ahead. but but he also he wasn't. This was not his best year. We're on record with that. But yeah, when he left that lineup, you saw oh, yes. you saw the holes. And you know, there's all these people who want to say he's not a great player. Blah blah blah. But you look at that breakout. You look at that transition game, you look at that PK, you look at the, to your point earlier, you look at the composure of this group, and Seth Jones, I'm fine with the A for Seth Jones. Yeah. Come at me, bro. Because, I mean, you look at it, and if you extrapolate his numbers from this season, 56 games, to a full season, it's 935-44. Pretty good season. Yeah. Pretty good season. But, you know, I, well, we've talked about this with the Norris. I think... I I don't think it's a crime that he hasn't won one yet. Sue me, if you will, Columbus, Ohio. I think he's gonna win one. I think he should win one, but I don't think he's had that year yet. Do you? If well, he did, it was two years ago. It was two. The closest he's gotten is two years ago. But, Agreed. But yes. I think I think two. Uh, the more I think about this, one could argue that that year, like I think. This is certainly not a lesser than or more than, but I think his mindset and motivation had to be different this year, particularly with all the injuries. Like two years ago was when Zach was hurt and he knew he had to become the guy. And I think this year, I think the ask of him was intentionally different and I think he fulfilled the ask of him. But I think what he needs is the year when he's allowed to be Seth Jones in all of his glory, and then it's going to come. It's just, it's just what yeah. it was. Just the ask. Yeah, and I think this year was just a really unsettling year for everybody. Oh, for sure, start. for sure. It was just so different. Where is everybody? Yeah. What are the roles going to be? Who's going to settle in here? You know. I might also give Alexander Texier a higher grade. I feel like you're dinging him just because he got hurt. Oh, wow. Okay. I get mad at. I'm like an old <laughs> stodgy old coach. I get mad at people when they get hurt. God damn it. Yes, because it was his I fault. I don't feel that way, though. I, I just, honestly, I expected more from him when he was healthy early in the season. I thought it was there early, and I thought it disappeared. But if, but I if, liked him better in the playoffs than I did during the regular season. But And that's my point, is I would argue that that is actually, like, a stress fracture doesn't happen overnight. So if he leaves in early December with a stress fracture, like, we don't know how long he was dealing with that. And, and I have had one of those, and it's, 
it's painful a long time before you get diagnosed. And I certainly haven't had one in my back, so I can't even imagine. So I feel like what we saw in the playoffs where I thought he was really good was more what we expected. And so I, I might not, particularly when you look at who you've got him around here, like I just feel like maybe he, he deserves a higher grade. You know what else might be at work here, Allison, is I think you're probably a person who got really good grades. <laughs> what does that have to do so, with anything? Well, so to you, a C is horrific. But a C is average. We're, I don't think he's average. That's what I'm saying. I, I thought he was, I thought based on what you expect from Alexander Texier, he was average this year. But if That's you, what I thought. But but if I say a, a healthy Alexander Texier gave me what I expected. And we don't know when that stress fracture started. Well, then he'll get a B next year. Okay. But like, do you remember early in the season? I remember saying to you, "Oh my God, look at those passes!" That like, oh yeah, like literally nobody, nobody was a, nobody was ready for, nobody could handle. Cam was like, "What the hell was that?" Um, right, just z like like um, lasers. And then it it toned way down from there, and I I thought. You know, it's, it's, and it's not, it's certainly not a knock on him. It's like what food he went through in the playoffs. You watch the first few games, you're like, oh my God, he's flying. Look at this kid. And then it starts to wear on you because it's the first time you're playing against grown men. That's what the stress fracture may be as well. It's getting used to playing to people that are so huge compared to what you're used to. So I don't think a C is. It's too hard. I certainly didn't intend a too C harsh. to be like, a, oh my God, what can I. What do I have to do? But just sort of like, yeah, he was fine. He was okay. I don't know. He was okay. I don't, I don't like I thought he grade. was okay this year. I disagree. Was, was Riley Nash okay? Oh, let's look. I think you gave him a, a C. C. C, yeah. He was okay. Yeah, he was fine. He wasn't great. Right. Yeah, okay. We need, we need to end on a high note. What was the <laughs> best grade on there, Alice? In terms of my agreeing with you? That's right. <laughs> um... Pierre Luc Dubois, B plus. Is that rough? Okay, okay, now look. See, here you go. This is your best what? grade because you took it in the proper context, is giving Elvis the A minus, even though he had a really shitty start. Shitty start, unbelievable answer to the shitty start. But and I, on the whole, 937 save percentage. Right. And I would suggest I mean, he was never as bad as those numbers were showing. I mean, he was facing the much harder workload early. When he started to, yeah, so for I, sure. So in in that in that instance, you properly levered all of the outside imposing factors. So I'll let I'll say that's the best grade you gave. Okay, well, I should probably <laughs> just let it. I should probably just let it go there. If Texier had returned and scored seven goals in the playoffs, I would have gone, "Whoa, okay, B, you got me, kid." Which is what Merzlikens did. After his rough start, and I agree with you, his start was not as bad as it is considered to be. 889 save percentage, but there's probably two of those games that were just outright bombs. And the rest, there were several right. games in there where he deserved a better fate. For sure. I, I thought. I agree. Right? I agree. But, yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else we need to get to? No. I'll, 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 I'll submit any more feedback to you as I, as I review these again. Yay. Okay. <laughs> we should get like a um, letters back from their parents about the grades. I, be be, awesome. People should, people should if, let us know on Twitter if you, agree with, if you agree with my critiques or if you agree with Porter's yeah. original grades. 
Did Elvis not turn some homework in? Why the A minus? It was a little surprising. I'm not going to lie when I saw the minus. Okay. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know I what? Mean, That's fine. God, he was like top 10 in the league in save percentage. Wait, wait, we I mean, don't use save percentage. I use save percentage. I know. But it hurts my percentage brain. Of pucks, percentage of pucks stopped. Correct. But you could, if you have, if you face oh, five, it, I'm Part just two. saying. There are better ways to evaluate goaltenders. Yes, but on the whole. There are better ways to evaluate goaltenders. It gets you there. It gets you there. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll be back with you on Friday. This is the Front and Nationwide podcast. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon.